Welcome to the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging Teams podcast, Why Language Matters. This podcast is meant to explore words, their meaning, and how we can use language to be inclusive. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Cultural Conversations. These conversations are a safe, respectful space for us to get to know other Sunrunners through learning about their culture and different lived experiences. It's a safe and respectful space to listen, learn, and engage by asking questions. My name is Nicole Doyle. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm located in Orange County, California, and I'm the program lead on the diversity, inclusion, and belonging team. I'll be here to help moderate the Q&A at the end of our discussion. I'm really excited to introduce Kenzie Jefferson to you all. Um, Kenzie joined Sunrun a few short years ago, but has made a huge impact. And, you know, just after talking with her a short little while, you're going to understand how amazing she is. So handing it off to Kenzie. Welcome. Uh, My name is Kenzie Jefferson Moore. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I work as an installation coordinator in the South LA branch, and I have been with Sunrun since we merged with Orange uh, last year in October. So this is me and my wife, Ariel. We live down in Provo, Utah with our two dogs. Fletcher is the little one, and Waldo is the one on the pillow. He's new, so he was not at our wedding. (laughs) And then in our spare time, which we don't have much of, but we... We do our best to try and find the time. We run a queer theater production company down here in Utah. So obviously I didn't, you know, just wake up one day with a wife and two dogs and a production company. I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas, so I am a diehard Kansas City Chiefs and Royals fan. I fell in love with acting when I was about nine years old. I saw Wicked with my grandma in Texas and immediately knew that was where my heart was. Uh, My first crush was Hermione Granger, and that kind of led into my very intense and sometimes quite annoying love for film and television. (laughs) Um, I'm the oldest of four girls. The three blondes in this this picture on the left are my my younger siblings. We're all M's. I just go by Kenzie. Um, And then probably the most interesting thing about my story as a whole is that I actually grew up Mormon. Um, If you haven't heard of Mormonism in detail, you've probably at least heard of the Book of Mormon musical or seen photos or in person the Salt Lake City Temple. Um, Without getting too into all the dirty details of all of that, I was born and raised into this organization of religious belief that taught me the feelings I had from as early as I really can recall were unnatural and painful, and simply put, evil. Um, I I would often hear the words same-sex attraction or a phase tossed around. I was taught to act and think in a certain way that would present heterosexuality. And, you know, we would have youth group activities geared towards planning our weddings to men, Uh, the push towards dating the moment we turned 16, And any time that you would try and question that or go against that norm, um, it was pushed to the the side or you were met with a lot of pushback just on that. So for years, I felt like I would never really be able to live authentically as myself. I would cling to moments of peace and safety that I found within performing arts and the stories that I was able to tell in those spaces. But I shoved my truth so deep within my person that 
I convinced myself that just maybe I might be able to make it. After a year of debating kind of what I wanted to do with my life and where to go to college and how I was going to afford it in my last year of high school, I ended up at Brigham Young University, which is the Mormon Church's institution that they have down here in Provo um, in 2015. I did not want to go here at all. I was actually offered a half-ride scholarship for acting to the school of my dreams, uh, but I couldn't afford the difference on my own dime. And the only way that my parents had agreed to support me was if I had gone to BYU. Um, so that's why I ended up there. It's not necessarily why I stayed, but that is how I got there. Um, I was accepted into the Bachelor of Fine Arts Acting program, and I started working at a burger joint. I kept my head down and decided about three months into my first semester of school that I was going to leave Mormonism effective immediately, even though I would do so in secret. I say in secret because when you agree to attend Brigham Young University as a listed member of the Mormon Church, it means two things. Um, thing number one, which is for everyone involved in the school, is to adhere to their honor code, which we'll get a little more into later. But that number two, um, I could not actually leave the church. The second big thing is that when you go there as an active member in the church, you can't leave. But I did anyway. I stopped attending my meetings more than the minimal required amount to receive my yearly endorsement to stay in the school. And I tried my best not to have a panic attack every Sunday morning when my roommate would ask me where I was going instead of church. I truthfully don't know how I managed to uh, make it through, but somehow I, I did. Uh, most of the time I used the excuse of visiting family on Sundays and attending church with them or needing to go and do inventory at my, my place of work, having permission to work on a Sunday, even though it was not actually allowed for any on-campus job. My tiny hole-in-the-wall flipping burgers job quickly became my safe haven. Here I was able to start to explore my leadership capabilities, cry in a supply closet after being outed to my parents and my sister, and then eventually meet my wife. I say outed to my parents, but let me backtrack a little bit. When I got to BYU, I was deeply closeted. So much so that I had convinced myself that I was a clean-cut, straight Mormon girl who would marry a Mormon boy in the temple. I pushed my truth down so deep that I forgot who I was completely. And then the second season of one of my favorite superhero TV shows started up in the fall of 2016. And the arc of my favorite character on that show centered around her coming out as a lesbian. There was a scene in which she expressed feeling the need to be perfect, but never being able to actually make dating perfect. Thinking that it was because she hadn't found the right guy until she met the woman that she ended up dating for some time on the show after that. When I watched that episode, I remember crying for hours upon hours in my room. Um, everything that I had spent years shoving down and pretending wasn't true was suddenly thrown back to the front of my mind, and I, I wasn't really sure how to process it. I didn't fully comprehend all of it, but I knew that there wasn't really any turning back at that point. So the next year, I took time to sit with my thoughts and understand the feelings that I was experiencing 
and I began to accept the fact that I had feelings for women the way that I was taught to have feelings for men. Finally, I felt ready to come out to my parents. I was ready to do so and stop hiding my truth. I planned to tell them right after family reunion in August of 2017, but I needed one final confidence boost. So like any confused and stressed millennial, I went to Twitter. <laughs> I triple checked my followers and I blocked anyone on that list who knew my parents or could accidentally inform them or my sisters of the tweet before I had the chance to tell them myself. I just wanted that final push over the ledge. I missed someone on that list. Um, she saw the tweet and she sent this screenshot to my sister. It was, it, she was ecstatic. There was no ill intention about it. I have no hard feelings towards this girl because I know that every single thing she did was pure elation for me. But the aftermath was nuclear. I will never forget August 3rd. Um, there were some really horrible and painful things that were exchanged that day. Um, the fallout over the coming days broke me into a thousand different pieces. I honestly thought that I was going to be disowned, and after the fact, I just began to flounder. Um, but two and a half weeks later, Ariel Moore walked into her first day of work at the burger joint, where I was her supervisor. I know that is the cardinal rule that you should never break, but I did anyway, because from the moment that she walked into our tiny little restaurant, I knew that that was the person I wanted to marry. Um, so Ariel and I started dating in secret in November of 2017. Um, I say in secret again, because if anyone felt a desire to report us to Brigham Young University's honor code office, we would have been expelled from the school. Um, there is a clause in the honor code, or a former clause, rather, that stated there was no uh, same-sex behavior that could be shown between uh, romantic couples. So um, Ariel left in, BY, uh, in the spring of 2018 from Brigham Young University for another school down here in Provo. But I decided to stay because I only had two semesters left in my degree. Those three and a half semesters were some of the most exhausting of our entire relationship and my entire life. Uh, we never knew who we could tell because even if they were trustworthy and accepting, there was a chance that someone wouldn't be and they might find out from someone else. And so we did our best to stay in the shadows, but it was really hard and it hurt a lot. Um, the worst part, of all of this though was just not being able to share my happiness with everyone that I knew. I didn't tell my parents because I knew that there was a risk in that um, based off of the conversations that had occurred back in that August of 2017, which meant that I couldn't really tell anyone else in my family except for two sets of aunts and uncles on both sides um, who had also decided to leave the Mormon church. And I really hate lying and being inauthentic. So that was just really shitty. Um, but the good news is that by some miracle, I did make it out. I made it to my graduation day on April of 2019. 
And Ariel and I celebrated with a trip to New York City for my senior showcase. And finally, we were able to tell the world. And I did not talk to my parents for three months after that. There was a lot of pain behind everything that had happened in 2017. And between then and when I knew that I could finally tell them about Ariel, there were still things said. Um, so we needed space to heal and understand one another. And this isn't, you know, a, a dig at my parents. They, they have learned a lot, uh, but it was painful and really hard not having the support of the people who are supposed to love you the most in the world in those beginning years of your relationship. Um, this picture on the right, though, we actually took a year after my graduation when we celebrated Valentine's Day at the restaurant that we worked at together. Uh, we thought it would be a silly and fun photo to put on Twitter. You know, we wanted to say, hey, look at us. We made it. Um, little did we know that tweet would go viral. And a few days later, uh, BYU actually removed the clause in the honor code about homosexuality. Like I said, there was a line in the honor code that stated any expression or practice of same-sex attraction would result in disciplinary action. It almost always ended in expulsion. I had several friends who actually lost their entire college education because they were outed and turned into the honor code. Um, so this line was removed on February 19th of 2020, and suddenly our picture was on every single Snapchat news story, in news articles, all over the internet, even more so than before the tweet itself went viral. We were getting texts and calls from friends freaking out, thinking that we were the trailblazers for this, and we really, we weren't, but we became a part of it, and I'm proud to be a part of it. But then just a few weeks later, a statement was put out saying that this was not an actual change that was being allowed. Um, queer students could not date. And anyone who had come out or announced a relationship even just posted a photo kissing someone of their same gender in celebration of this change was now at risk of serious, serious action. Protests started every single day from March 4th on until COVID put everything into a freeze, which unfortunately meant BYU got out largely unscathed in this, leaving the queer students, alumni, and community to salvage the broken pieces. So as you can kind of tell, a lot of my life experiences and choices have been affected by both the political climate and the religion that dominates the majority of the state I live in. Mine and Ariel's choice to get engaged was also influenced by this, but I would not change a single thing about it. The passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in September of 2020, it put a lot of our world into perspective. We realized that there could one day be a place in the future where our partnership would stop being recognized legally. But that same sex marriage itself wouldn't be overturned too easily. Um, so after talking through all of the logistics of how we would get married in three or four months, we realized that the why was so much more than just wanting to protect our rights and that we were ready to actually take that next step together. Our wedding was last December and after years of trying to get my parents to understand and be happy for me, things finally clicked into place for everyone. They finally told my two younger sisters that I was a lesbian, 
my whole family was by my side on my wedding day and they welcomed Ariel into our family more than they ever had before. It has been baby steps and there is still a lot of ground to improve on, but I truly wouldn't change a single thing about it because each of these experiences has led me to starting MAB Productions. MAB was born out of an idea. A group of friends, after not having any performance work for a year, decided to adapt the novel of Little Women with a queer narrative and perform it for free in a backyard. We ended up having about 150 people attend in total simply by word of mouth, and the reaction they had was astounding which got me thinking that there was potential for more. So I did some research, and while Utah had a few production companies that were focused on stories of marginalized communities, I couldn't find one whose only focus and sole purpose was the LGBTQ community. So often, stories that explore sexuality or gender identity are created by cisgendered heterosexual individuals. And while they may have the best of intentions, sometimes they're not told authentically or correctly. I experienced a project like that firsthand, and I promised myself that I would never let it happen again. And what better way to make sure the stories from the LGBTQ community are told properly than to start a production company with a board of directors who are all members of the community with a focus entirely on queer narratives. Mab comes from Queen Mab in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, the fairy queen who grants your deepest wishes and brings your greatest fears to life in a dream. Stories in the queer community fit this exact idea to a T. I hope to continuously provide a safe space for members of our community all over, but especially right now in Utah. Just last month, a prominent member of the Mormon institution encourage church members to defend their beliefs with the same musket fire that the early creators of the institution did. He was speaking metaphorically, but about 24 hours later, a student was captured on camera yelling homophobic slurs at queer students and damaging the chalk art that was made showing their love and support to the queer students of Provo. Sorry, I um, I often wonder why I've stayed in Utah for so long, why Ariel and I have decided to stay in Utah for as long as we have, but I know that it's because of this. And I know that at least right now, for the time being, we are here to provide a peaceful and safe place for queer folks in Utah Valley, and hopefully one day, the world. So... Thank you guys. Um, I would I would love to just chat with you all about my experiences here in Utah. Um, if anyone has questions, well, Kenzie, I just want to say thank you. I think that that's a great story that you were able to share with us, and I know it's very personal. And um, you can tell the passion and and how much it is and how important it is to you. So I just want to say thank you because I'm sure it's not always easy to share with with every with everyone and um, I think it's I think it's great. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. It's not, but it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. Thank and you. Congr and congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Kenzie, yeah, I definitely want to thank you so much for for being brave and for sharing your story. I know that um, I can definitely 
uh, relate to parts of your story. And that is just so powerful that you're willing to share and to be so vulnerable with us. And so thank you so much for that. Um, I also wanted to ask, um, and of course, if you um, if you don't want to answer, that's totally fine. But I do want to ask if you have any words of advice to anyone else who might be going through a tough time with their family um, due to uh, their decision of who to love. Yeah, um, no, that's not too personal of a question at all. I'm I'm an open book, in all honesty. Um, and thank you so much for your words. Um, I think um, just from my experience, it it just takes a lot of patience. Um, most of the time with people's experiences coming out or being outed, there's two extremes, right? There is the extreme of my family is now, the whole house is covered in rainbows and they're at every single pride event and they are the most gung-ho parents in the world and it's amazing. And then there is my family has disowned me or I have stopped speaking to them and we have not spoken in X amount of years. Um, I, I fit this middle ground that I have spent a lot of time really reflecting on as I've been preparing for this um, because I, I do feel lucky, um, but it wasn't an easy road to get here. Um, you know, my parents are wonderful people and they are a product of the environment that they are in. And it's so hard to remind myself that, but then I also see the strides that they have made in buying my wife a Christmas present or letting us come and stay with them for a week over the summer. And I realized that not everyone has this choice and not everyone has this luxury, but I do feel some responsibility for making sure that if any of my younger sisters at any point realize that this is how they identify or identify in some way within the community, that it'll be easier for them um, because my parents will have learned and they will have learned from the things that were said and the mistakes that were made. So if you're going through it right now, just, just try and breathe. <laughs> and that maybe sounds really, really stupid, but I think that taking a moment to step back and view it outside of the emotions is really, really hard and not, I mean, it's just shit to do, but it truly changed my perspective with my parents. Um, you know, they've never apologized for the things that they said, but I know that they're sorry because I was able to take that step back and I was able to, for even just a moment, separate how I was feeling from how I knew that they were feeling. And that took me, I don't know, like three or four years to do. I would have to say that it, it really is about that. It takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. And I know that I've been just kind of saying that same thing in a cyclical motion, but I think that ultimately what it comes down to is trusting yourself to know what's right for you 
And if what's right for you is taking space, then take space. And if what's right for you is being the, the guide to help your family understand, then do that. But always put your needs first because you deserve to be selfish in moments like this. Kudos for you, Kenzie, sticking up for what you believe in and, you know, never letting others push their wants or views on yourself, you know, just given the environment that you grew up in and from just like, you know, what you've explained, like just not allowing yourself to be pushed on to what other people want or view as good or correct or you know, vice versa, just kudos for just sticking down to what you believe in and just opening your production company just based off of your beliefs as well. It's very inspiring and very admirable that you've done those things. And, you know, it's it's amazing to just see your story and, you know, just see the things that have outcome from that, you know, because there aren't a lot of people that feel that strong or, you know, allow themselves to be fed into other people's beliefs. So that is just really amazing. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it, it takes time. I used to be very much run with the, the crowd, even if I had my own feelings in it. Um, and it took a lot of time and reflection and patience to learn how to stand up for myself. So thank you. I'm curious, what is next with MAD Productions? Yeah, thank you for asking. We are currently working on um, a queer adaptation of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, so we took the original text of the short story and had two queer playwrights in the area adapt it. And we have changed more than just saying simply Ichabod Crane is now a woman and a lesbian and Ka uh, Katrina Van Tassel is bisexual. It, we've begun to explore a lot more than that. And the um, elements of how performed heterosexuality and this way things should be came into the 1800s uh, because in doing research for this with my dramaturg, they informed me actually that the 1790s, when America was starting out, um, sexuality was very fluid and very open and very like gender expression, gender norms were not a thing. You know, people wore what they wanted to wear, people loved who they wanted to love, and there wasn't a lot of pushback on those things. So it's really interesting because we've been able to really dive into this idea of what caused this push towards heterosexual norms. Um, and I put that in quotes just because that is kind of the way that the world has tried to shape things in a lot of our experiences. Most of our company and most of our board of directors are all former practicing Mormons as well. So we all kind of lived this experience of having to portray the ideal straight person. 
um, which is kind of what they they push you towards in that faith. Um, so it's been really cool and it's been really fun. So we're working on that right now. Uh, my wife and I are directing it together and that will go up at the end of October. And then we're hopefully going to do a filmed version of that in January to submit to some festivals. And then we'll be doing a queer version of Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare in the spring. I eventually want to start a festival in the spring that I want to coin Shakespeare, which I think is really clever and fun. I love a good pun. Um, so one day, you know, that's the big goal with it. But right now we're just going to do the one. And then we're going to start doing some film work as well. Um, and then we'll hopefully expand when my wife and I move out to a different state when she goes to school somewhere else and we kind of take our next steps as a couple. We want to keep our Utah branch alive and then expand it from there. So lots of good things in the works, hopefully. Where can you see a show at? Where are you guys perform at or do the show? So right now we're down in Provo. Uh, so Sleepy Hollow will be um, performed at a coffee shop down here in Provo, Utah, that is very near and dear to our team's heart. And we kind of change everywhere, but you can follow us on social media. Um, I'll send it in the chat real quick if anyone's interested. You really don't have to, but I think we're kind of cool. Um, our Instagram is the most active, but that's where there will be information about productions, eventually tickets to streamings, and all that. So if anyone's interested, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, just genuinely, I, I feel so thankful for the community support we've had so far. It's been ridiculously well received. And Deanna, I saw your, your comment. Thank you. Um, I appreciate your support through this as we've been, you've been helping me build this and you're great. So thank you. It's a lot of strength to just share anything personal. And I really look forward to, you know, continuing our connection and everything that this has to offer so appreciate all of you thank you me too it's been really fun working together on these i do have another question um and again you could be as vague as you want um <laughs> i was just curious if um if you at any time maybe miss your faith or your religion um you don't have to go too into what how you believe now but um i know Personally, I have several friends who um, are part of the community who are struggling with missing that part of their lives of feeling like now they don't have a church home, a church family, and they're missing that. And so they're just out there searching. Totally. Um, no, that is not too invasive of a question at all. Um, I did things a little backwards. Most people come out and then they leave. I decided to leave and explore Christianity, um, just uh, evangelical Christianity first. And I did that in 2015. And I did that pretty intensely, actually, for two and a half years. Um, it became my whole world, uh, very similar to how the Mormon faith was my community, my world, my, my church family. My, my center point church in Orem, Utah, became my family. and. Then when I came out, everything changed. Um, and I started to realize that things were very conditional 
And it was really hard because another community that I had built and put so much in, into dropped me because I was different and because I didn't fit the mold that they thought I should fit. And so I think the thing that I find I miss the most is the sense of community, not necessarily the faith. I did a lot of self-reflection after uh, my falling out with my church in Orem of how I actually felt about things. And I realized that I was more searching for community than faith. Um, I, I identify as an atheist now, um, which I'm super open about. I just, I'm fascinated by the universe and I began to feel like what I was longing for was just a sense of purpose and people. And for a really long time, actually, when I was first coming out, I would tell my therapist that I didn't want to get involved in in the the LGBTQ groups at BYU because I didn't want anyone to find out. And I didn't want that to be like my defining factor, which looking back on, I just laugh at myself because now I'm like, yeah, I love my wife. Here's my wife, 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 wife. And it's all I talk about. And I'm sure people go crazy when I talk about her. Um, and I started a queer theater company. You know, it. I realized that it wasn't something that I needed to necessarily define me, but let be tucked away either. And so I kind of threw myself into finding a, a queer community. So if you have people out here that need a church family, I'll be their church family, you know? We, we go to a coffee shop on Sundays, we go to coffee shops on Saturdays, and we sit for hours and we play chess and we read books and we do stupid things and just laugh and, and we have game nights and we've built, we've built our own church family in a sense, especially because a lot of us did come from Mormonism. Um, so it's like a really safe space because we all came from those areas and have reconciled in different ways. So I think that like, it's not that I miss it. It's more that I miss the sense of community, but I learned how to build my own. So if you're looking for advice to give them even, I would say, you know, just be there for them and love them and provide that space because that is what helped me and has helped so many of my friends. And we like I said, if you guys are down here, you ever want to grab coffee, let me know. I'm more than happy to. Um, That's great. Thank you. And I really appreciate what you said about, you know, building your own community. I think that we all can relate to that with working remotely and, and having the world kind of shut down on us. So thank you so much for sharing. Totally, of course. And, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do with, with MAB Productions, too, is we're trying to just build community and build family. Um, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever done theater, but something I just loved about it was the familial aspect and the community aspect of it when you're doing a show or you're in production for, for something, anything. And we want it to just be that all the time.
Thank you again for your bravery too, Kenzie. I'm gonna drop off. It was such a pleasure to get to know you and hear your story. It is truly inspiring and I'm definitely gonna look up the map productions and definitely gonna have to come and bring my kids to one of your shows because yes. I am married, but I was with a girl for a really long time and I grew up in a Catholic household so like i totally feel and also mormon too you know like i was baptized mormon too later on and converted so like i totally feel you and so i definitely am open with my children and it's just wonderful to support and love everybody for sure for sure like yeah let's connect we'd love to have you guys awesome i will definitely connect with you i hope you have a good day and it was nice to meet everyone you as well. You have a good one. Thanks. Michael, are you going to say something? I saw you come off mute. I was. I was just going to say, Kenzie, you're a rock star. Um, and I'm glad I was able to jump on and support you. Um, if these happen again, I'd love to jump on. So I just wanted to give my kudos to you. I'm super happy you're part of our team here in South LA. Uh, we're very, very lucky to have you. And you are nothing short of amazing so thank you that's very nice you made me blush you're you're great thanks that was nice now i'm embarrassed <laughs> not really but thank you i feel really lucky to be a part of the team so i appreciate you coming on absolutely my pleasure yeah thank you thank you kenzie for coming in and sharing with us um i'm so happy that like the impetus of you, like one of the impetuses of you coming out was that you saw representation on film and then now you're doing that for other people. And I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah, it kind of came full circle, you know? I I mean, I even used that, uh, that scene where that happens. I used the monologue that she was and that's what got me into the acting program at BYU. So all about living authentically, right? Yeah, so great. Thank you everyone for joining. Um, we will post this recording and um, share it in our newsletters as we do. So feel free to check those out and check out our next events. If you're interested in another cultural conversation, uh, let me know and I'll add you to them or sign up and uh, we'll see you here again. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thank you guys. Thanks.